Acclaimed tenor saxophonist Joshua Redman has a new album titled Where Are We? It's an ambitious musical journey that takes us across America to places like New England, Alabama, and Philadelphia, with Redman as our musical tour guide. Going to Chicago, sorry, I can't take. That's a sample of Chicago blues from Joshua Redman's latest album, Where Are We? Today we'll discuss this recording in his upcoming Denver show at Gates Concert Hall on March 1st. Joining us now is Joshua Redman. It's great to have you with us on KGNU. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Looking forward to coming to Denver. All right. Where am I reaching you today? Uh, I'm at home in Berkeley, California. Ah, my old stomping grounds. Oh, yeah? yeah? Mine too, I guess. I was born <laughs> and raised here. I'm curious about your current album's title, Where Are We? And if it's meant to be a question or a phrase, how did the concept come together? I'm not sure what it's meant to be. Um, I mean, Fair you know, enough. Uh, I mean, I think there's a certain ambiguity, you know, certainly in the title, you know, because the title, it should be a question, but I intentionally left the question mark off. There is uh, ambiguity, I guess, in the entire concept of the of the album. What's an album? Well, on the surface, the surface concept is that it's you know kind of an album of songs about places in the United States, yeah. which is definitely not a revolutionary concept. <laughs> it's, been, it's been done before, and probably far better than I did it. What inspired yeah. you to come up with this theme for this album? Well, initially, it was just kind of a way to get started, because when Gabrielle Cavassa, the vocalist, when Gabrielle and I decided to make a record together and started planning and searching for songs, you know, it was just such an overwhelmingly vast landscape sea of possible material Mm -hmm. that I kind of was like, well, here's a concept to just kind of like help narrow our choices a little Mm. bit. I didn't necessarily think it was going to stick around. I thought once the creativity started flowing, the concept might disappear or at least fade to the background. I think concepts are always better when they're in the background, if existent at all. But um, this one stuck around. And uh, in the end, you know, I mean, certainly we're not making any definitive statements about Mm, mm. America, but I think that there are some questions and some juxtapositions there on the album that, um, yeah, it's kind of a meditation in in a way. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. This is your first album on the Blue Note label and the first to feature vocalist Gabrielle Cavassa. Let's listen to a track called After Minia Eplis. Can we feel the distant light? Does it come to select Gabrielle Cavassa for this album? Um, well, I mean, I don't know if I say I selected her. I mean, I guess we self-selected, we selected each <laughs> other. This has been a, a very unusual musical journey for me. I mean, a very um, fortuitous and fruitful musical journey, but it didn't unfold the way a lot of my musical relationships and collaborations 
you know, it tends to be like, you know, I'll hear a musician, meet them, play with them live. And then at a certain point, we form a band together. And then at a certain point, we decide to record that band. And uh, in this case, you know, this all started during the pandemic and mm. I wasn't working at all. You know, mm. I was, I was just sitting on my butt at home <laughs> and, uh, and I had, um, I didn't know Gabrielle. Um, she, she was here in the Bay area, um, in, Ber um, sorry, not in Berkeley. I live in Berkeley in, um, San Francisco for a period of time, but you know, we never crossed paths. I had heard her name, but I wasn't familiar with her music. And my manager, actually, Amory Wilkins, she was in New Orleans. Uh, this was fall of 2021. And she was at some function and she texted me out of the blue and she never does this. And she was like, there's this woman singing and she's absolutely riveting and you should check her out. And, and it was Gabrielle. And I did. And then we started talking and decided to try to make a record together. But we had never met each other. We had uh -huh. never made music together. We didn't meet each other till in the, in the flesh until less than a month before we actually were Ordered. So wow. um, it was a very, you know, so much was, was handled virtually. Is that possible to say? <laughs> but, uh, but in the end, you know, it was a very, very real, I mean, you know, the music making was very real and I mean, we were, we were all there in New Orleans, um, you know, it was an incredible band and uh, yeah, it turned out to be um, a project like none other that I've, that I've ever done from a recording standpoint. And now we're, you know, on and off the road for the next, um, yeah, for the foreseeable future together. So it's been a lot of fun. Great. I really think she complements your saxophone's tones just perfectly. Just a really nice blend. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, she's got such a rich voice and such an expressive voice and uh, and such an emotive uh, power uh, in her in her approach. Hmm. You know, those are, I guess, musical values that I cherish as well and try to get them in my sound as well. And I think we're both very sensitive and deep listeners, and we figure out how to complement each other. You cover John Coltrane's deeply moving song, Alabama, and the album has three songs with Alabama in the title. Can you talk about the selections and how they all differ? Yeah, in, in fact, it's actually only two songs. Oh. So um, it just had to be titled that way because of honestly publishing oh, okay. because it's basically a juxtaposition of stars fell on alabama which is the old classic american songbook standard sure. i guess set in this this mythical meteor shower maybe it wasn't mythical but uh, there was a meteor shower sometime in the 1800s maybe mm. in antebellum alabama and so it's kind of like the story of two lovers in the field of white you know mm. um, drawn to each other and, you know, obsessively in love with each other underneath, you know, in the midst of this meteor shower. So it's this kind of, you know, hyper-idealized, romanticized kind of American love song. And then, you know, I wanted to juxtapose that with, um, you know, a very different American reality, but also through the lens of the same state. Alabama, you know, John Coltrane's Alabama, mm -hmm. it was his meditation on the bombing of the 16th Street right. Baptist Church in 1963, which was a horrific yeah. terrorist act, but it was one that really galvanized, it captivated the nation and uh, a source of, of organizing. It was an impetus for a lot of action in the civil rights era. Absolutely. Uh, there's three tracks on there because the intro quotes Alabama, oh. and then we go into Starsville on Alabama, and then back into Alabama. So All right. <laughs> really not to be experienced as one complete performance. Well, that that all makes sense now. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to thank you also for paying tribute to my hometown, San Francisco, with Tony Bennett's classic. You're originally from Berkeley, as you mentioned earlier. How would you say the Bay Area's music scene 
influenced your style? Well, you know, I grew up here. I think it's a very, I mean, certainly was, you know, a very diverse place and a very, not just diverse, but there was a sense of interactive diversity, you know, across, you know, cultures and ethnicities and even different walks of life and people from different economic backgrounds, cultural sure. backgrounds. And so I, I, I think, you know, the Bay Area has always had this kind of wide open, fluid, porous kind of experimental, what's maybe not contrarian, but kind of pushing against uh, traditional um, demarcations and boundaries. So I think that ethos was around and it, it went, when I was growing up and it probably influenced the kinds of music that I heard and yeah. just a sense of openness and flexibility and fluidity in terms of art in general, not feeling like you had to be associated with or beholden to one camp or one tribe. So with the album, is there a message or emotion you'd like the, the listeners to take away with them? when they finish listening to the album. Whatever, I, I just hope they take something away. You know, I, I really feel like with music, I do my best to put my all into it and to try to play as soulfully and honestly as creative and creatively as possible. But then the music doesn't belong to me anymore. And I mean, it never really did. So there's not any, you know, I hope that people feel something. I hope it makes them think if they want to think. Uh, I hope if they want to dance, they can dance. But hopefully there's there's something that, that touches them or provokes them or challenges them. But what that is, is up to them. It certainly touched me. I really enjoyed the album. Thank you so much. Well, let's talk about your upcoming concert at Gates Hall on March 1st. Uh, besides Gabrielle, who's joining you on stage? This is the band that's been touring behind the album since uh, the fall of, of last year. So uh, it's a great band of, of I guess I can say, because I'm getting old, young musicians. Paul Cornish is the pianist. Philip Norris is the bassist. And Nazir Ebo is the drummer. And then Gabrielle and myself, of course. So what can your fans look forward to at the show at Gates Hall? Some music, hopefully some good music, you know, um, we're going to be playing music from the album for sure. I mean, that's kind of the core of what we're working with and the, you know, I mean, songs about places, both in the United States, we've also been to Europe. So we kind of rolled in some extra songs um, for all the European cities. So maybe we'll pull some of those out and, you know, I mean, we're gradually, the repertoire is uh, it's continually evolving and expanding. So, you know, it will certainly be, you know, the core will be the music from the album, but there'll be other stuff too, probably. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Some musical surprises to look forward to. For sure. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go, Joshua? No, I'm just uh, excited. I, you know, I've, I've had a chance to come through Denver, not as the Denver area, not as much as I would like to, but fair amount over the, the years. I've been doing this for more than 30 years and I always have a good time. I appreciate the opportunity to come back and, and play some music with y'all. Joshua, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks so much for stopping by KGNU today, and we look forward to your upcoming show in Denver. Look forward to being there with you. Thank you so much. The Joshua Redman Group will perform on Friday, March 1st at 7.30 p.m. at Gates Concert Hall. Tickets and more info can be found at newmancenterpresents.com or by calling 303-871-7720. This is Steve Roby for KGNU Community Radio. Thanks for listening.